club finds a way to bounce back. And whether you call that heart, grit, but they care and they have it. And if you have that, you always have a chance. I mean, obviously, I mean, this group fight, we fight, we fight, we go up and down, and to be in this position is just great. It's real good to be a part of a winning team like this. A team, a team that I can look in the eyes and think we have a real good chance to win the whole thing. So we've just got to stay within ourselves. We got to stay confident. We got to stay aggressive. We got to stay uh, stay within our approach on the pitcher's mound and and at the plate, and just go out there and play good baseball like we had this postseason. Well, that was just a little sound inside the Cardinals locker room after they won Game Five of the NLDS in Atlanta. Uh, and it wasn't even close. I'm Corey Miller here with Frank Cusimano. We're literally in the car driving to the airport. We didn't quite know where we were going to end up uh, at about, gosh, how late was it last night till we found out where we were going, like midnight last night, Atlanta time. Coming back home for game one of the NLCS on Friday against Washington. Uh, Frank, what, what's your take on what we saw yesterday? Let's set the scene here a little bit better. This is <laughs> Williams Buick Enclave. We are driving to the airport in Atlanta, listening to Sports Talk Radio, and the hot topic in Atlanta was, where does this moment rank in terms of all-time Atlanta sports failures? Certainly the Super Bowl is number one, and then some of those Braves failures of the World Series, particularly with the Blue Jays, are up there. But this is one of the worst moments in Atlanta history. I mean, think about it, Corey. In 26 minutes, in one half an inning, after 166 games, the season ended for the Braves. I've never seen anything like it. Of course, I mean, it was historical. Nobody's ever scored 10 runs to in the first inning of a postseason game. I took a walk out on the concourse. I was actually going to get myself some food. And I'm just looking around after the first inning. Oh, I, you know, I felt bad for all those people. They paid a lot of money to come watch that game. And after a half hour, it was the first inning was over and the whole game was over and they were just sitting there in stunned silence. It was ridiculous. We were looking at each other in the press box like, is this real? I, I, we couldn't believe it was happening. Yeah, the amazing thing is like a guy like Mike Fultonevich who was so awesome in game two and records one out and faces seven hitters. Imagine what that guy's Thursday is going to be like. Imagine every one of those Braves players who woke up on Wednesday morning thinking, we're at home, there's 43,000 people, and then it begins and ends like that. Let's face it, SunTrust Park, turned into the world's largest morgue on Wednesday afternoon in Atlanta. It was something to see, and you brought it up a couple times. Kind of payback for that 1996 shellacking Donovan Osborne uh, against the Braves. So that was nice to see. Yeah, Donovan Osborne that day, and everybody who was there, everybody who watched it on TV, we always think of Donovan Osborne all lathered up. And he was like that in the first or second inning. You just knew it wasn't going to be his day. Uh, it, they, they kept him a little bit longer in than the Braves kept Fultonevich in, but they had no choice. And then they go to Max Fried, and he got hit for four runs. I mean, you got two really fine pitchers giving up 10 runs in the first inning. Amazing. So let's get to some other stuff. I mean, walking in, you and I, and we were asking pretty much everyone else, we didn't know how they – we was kind of toss-up. We weren't totally – feeling that great in the Cardinals in Game 5. They proved everybody wrong. I don't know where that offense came from, but thank goodness it was there. Jack Flaherty was was great. 
Uh, they kept him in there a lot longer than I think a lot of us thought they would, especially after that first inning. How did you see how Schilt handled Flaherty, and do you think uh, it was the right decision? Well, I think everybody, when the 10 was put up on the scoreboard, was thinking, well, wait a minute, now this changes the way you use Jack Flaherty. Why not let him pitch an inning and then get him ready for game two or maybe even game one of the NLCS? But bottom line is Mike Schilt had to win a baseball game, and he just felt he wasn't going to mess around. He, he had to win this game and move on. Uh, Flaherty goes 104 pitches. He'll likely pitch game three of the NLCS. Um, it would have been a huge gamble and really – I'm not sure the way Schilt put it. it was, I think he said brazen. It would have been brazen to pull Jack after one. Yeah. I will say this. The other cool thing about that first inning uh, decision was Matt Carpenter, in a completely selfless act, initiated the conversation with manager Schilt and said, look, we have one of the best defenders in the game, in Harrison Bader. I'm fine if you want to take me out and put your best defense out there. I think that symbolizes what an unbelievable teammate this former All-Star has been and symbolizes the 2019 Cardinals. That's a, a great story there. That was a, We got a great moment when uh, Jack Flaherty actually got to face his high school teammate Max Fried in the first inning, and he walked him and walked in a run. Uh, I'm sure Flaherty didn't see that one coming. He said post-game his high school coach was actually in a 10 uh, at the game too so that's kind of cool um, so after the first inning there was no drama at all except for when Ronald Acuna Jr. got hit and I don't remember what inning it was but we're all kind of sitting okay are we going to see some more here are the Braves going to retaliate you thought they were you were waiting for it you thought they were yeah. going to hit Yachty but nothing happened yeah to the Braves credit I guess they just didn't want it to be, you know, it was an ugly affair. They didn't want this ugly affair to also turn into a nasty game. And, you know, who knows? Maybe some of the Braves teammates didn't really want to come to bat and didn't defend look like Ronald it. Acuna Jr. Because, let's face it, after, you know, Acuna Jr., some of his stunts, he he was criticized. I mean, Freddie Freeman, his manager. I mean, a lot of guys are probably fed up with him, and they figured, wait a minute, Yadier Molina is one of the classiest guys in baseball. We don't have to go after Yadi to defend Acuna Jr. Yeah, that was really interesting seeing how all that played out. I thought even after Acuna, or the inning was over and Acuna was stranded, he was trying to walk towards Flaherty, and Ron Washington and Yadi got in the way. Uh, Jack really was... <laughs> not even interested in even indulging the like the conversation. I, I find it too amazing of the futility of the Braves in the postseason. It really is the story of two franchises that are dramatically different when you get to October. Cardinals have now won 11 out of 14 division championship series, and the Braves have now lost 10 consecutive postseason uh. rounds. That matches the Cubs between 1910 and 1998. I mean, bottom line is, if, if you're a Braves fan, you just don't anticipate anything good happening in the month of October. So the Cardinals are headed to the NLCS again. What is this, like the 11th one you've probably covered during your time here? Uh, they got the Washington Nationals. We thought it was going to be the Dodgers for so long. We were planning out our flight, so it was going to be an eight, like an eight-hour flight with a layover tomorrow to get there in time for, for practice. Nope, we get to go home, and the Cardinals have home field advantage 
in the championship series. That sounds pretty crazy. Um, I definitely didn't think that was going to happen. We were watching the Dodgers-Nationals game at at a restaurant last night, and you were up jumping around cheering when you saw Howie Kendrick hit that grand slam. Yeah, I was thrilled for a variety of reasons, Corey. Number one, I think the Cardinals match up better with the Nationals than they do with the Dodgers. Uh, Number two, selfishly, my daughter lives in D.C., (laughs) get to see Brooke. And number three is it kills two birds with one stone. We'll be covering the Blues at the White House. So this is the most important thing, though, is Cardinals have a better chance to beat the Nationals. Now, look, Nationals have some unbelievable dynamic offensive players, and I'm sure we'll get into that on ensuing podcast. But this pitching staff of theirs... It's got to be run down. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how what they're going to do in games one and games two and when do we see Steven Strasburg? Yeah. And their bullpen is dreadful, maybe with the exception of Doolittle. But the reason that manager Davey Martinez has had to put all these starters in the bullpen is because his bullpen is so bad. And the Cardinal bullpen will be pretty well rested heading into the NLCS. So... Games one and two, I, is I think gonna see. I probably game two, gonna see a Max Scherzer return to St. Louis in the postseason. I am super excited for that. Just as a baseball fan, uh, to see Max back at Bush. Uh, if it's against Wainwright, that's even cooler. Um, those two had a, had a pretty good duel uh, earlier this year. Which Max's dad couldn't get to because he was yeah. at a business meeting and he was upset. We uh, <laughs> Max Scherzer yeah, in the postseason at Bush makes me excited. It it should and and Wainwright too. Um, it so it makes it so much easier too. There's another that's a, another great thing about this series because you probably would have had to start Wainwright in Dodger Stadium in games one or games two, and as we all know in St. Louis, Adam Wainwright at Bush Stadium, as we saw last Sunday. Is, is gold. So now you get to start Wainwright at home. He likely will be the game one starter. I don't know. I'm sure manager Schill has a lot of tough decisions to make. I'd give the ball to Wainwright in game one. I mean, Michaelis is a candidate. Dakota's a candidate. But I think I'd lean towards Wainwright in game one. Well, the Cardinals are much more prepared with their with their starters. There's no real guy that you got to rest now except Flaherty, and he'll be ready for game three and then potentially a game seven. So the Cardinals are set up pretty well for this NLCS. They've got the home field advantage. Here's my big question. We're not going to see another 10-run inning, but can this offense just hopefully maybe take something from this game? Because they, they scored... They equaled, 13 runs. They, they scored 13 runs yesterday. That equals their entire output for the first four games. I, I mean... It's been a tale of a game and then four other games. So who are we going to see against the Nationals? You know, sometimes um, it takes one swing to get a guy on track. And even though they weren't significant at bats at times last night because the game was a blowout, to have Paul DeYoung get two hits and Dexter Fowler did a little bit better last night. So you have some guys, and Colton Wong is starting to hit. You have some guys that are going to be joining Marcelo Zuna and Paul Goldschmidt in that, you know, feel good about your swing club. Um, and that's that's a big thing. I mean, getting Paul DeYoung going is huge. Absolutely large yeah. for the Cardinals moving forward. All right. So first, first take here, let's do some off-the-cuff predictions. I was going to go, if the Cardinals won and the Dodgers won, 
I was going to come on this podcast and say the Cardinals were going to lose in the NLCS, but it's not the Dodgers. It's the Nationals, and I think the Cardinals will get it done. I say Cardinals in six. What do you think? Uh, I'll go Cardinals in seven to be a little bit different, and if people are just tuning in, game times have been set for games one and games two, seven o'clock and three o'clock central time at Bush. Um, the thing is, you won't be able to see Jack Flaherty till game three in D.C., so maybe it'll be just like this series in that Flaherty finishes out the Nationals in the final game. That'd be nice. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us from the backseat of Williams Buick on our way to the airport. William, do you have anything to say uh, about your Atlanta Braves? No. <laughs> I think that sums it up. I think that sums it up here in Atlanta. That's right. William brings up a legitimate point. The Braves are way ahead of schedule. They're, They're a really young. young team. They're going to be great for years to come. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll have more episode of the Cardinals Plus podcast coming your way the rest of this postseason. <laughs>